0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Cardinals is a daily podcast talking everything St. Louis Cardinals, I'm your host, Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Had a couple of exciting pitching performances the last couple days. Adam Wainwright went to the distance on Sunday, and then Dakota Hudson yesterday with a dazzling performance against the Cincinnati Reds. Happy September, everybody. It is September the 1st. We move on to another month, and we get closer to the end of 2020. Um... But we do have a sponsor for the show today. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com has your every has everything you need to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps and even new carpet. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can choose the brand, specifications, prices that you prefer, and they don't change because they are reliably low for professionals and do-it-yourselfers right locked on in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. RockAuto.com is the place to go for amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Again, that's RockAuto.com. Great site. Go and check it out for some great car parts if you need that. For your September car. But we've got Cardinal Baseball to talk about. Also coming up on the show in just a little bit. Uh, Aram Layton of Locked On MLB Prospects is coming on the show to talk Cardinal Prospects. Specifically Bader, or not Bader, excuse me, Carlson, Oviedo, and uh, Woodford a little bit as well. And uh, why the Cardinals kind of stood pat at the trading deadline. So stay tuned for that. Before I show you that conversation, I do want to talk about yesterday's game. Because I just loved what I saw. Uh, it was one of those games that... This was the potential of the Cardinal offense. Yeah, they went quiet after the fourth, but you know they had they had ten hits, seven runs. Uh, they were three for ten with runners in scoring position, so that's three hundred. So you know you take that. They did leave nine runners on base, so you don't like to see that. Um, but overall, you cannot complain too much about this game. And if you do, you're looking too hard. Um, Wong had two hits, so I mean if he get going, that's a good sign. Edmund had two hits. Goalie three for three day. He's up to a three forty-nine average and a 1.016 OPS. Uh, Paul DeYoung, two hits, including, as Dan McLaughlin likes to put it, a grand slammer. Uh, let me know what you think of that call. I kind of like it, but let me know what you think of the grand slammer uh, catchphrase, if you will. Um, so, yeah, if the Cardinals can get Paul DeYoung going and put him in that cleanup spot instead of Miller, uh, move Miller down a little bit, and get the two Pauls rolling, Goldschmidt and DeYoung, this offense could be a lot scarier than it is. Um, you know, Because a lot of these guys are just really close to, to being there and with Paul DeYoung, he's got, he's got a bat that can go on a terror for a 3, 4, 5-game stretch, and maybe maybe we're seeing that now. Hopefully it doesn't uh, cool off too quickly. Uh, but, but Paul DeYoung is one of those bats that really makes this lineup a lot more scarier than it is. Carlson went over 4 yesterday with the strikeout and left three runners on base. His average is down to 176. But Aram and I are going to talk about it in a little bit. I'm not too worried about it. Small sample, Scott, sample size. This kid is still super young, 21, 22 years old, something like that. So... Too were to give up on him. Should you play him less? Maybe, but that's not the commitment that Schultz and Moselock put in place whenever they called him up. So Carlson's struggling a little bit. Fowler had a 1-for-3 day. He continues to impress. He's at a really good start to his season. And one other thing that I'd really like to see yesterday it might you know go unnoticed, Lane Thomas got in the game. He was on the COVID-19 injury list for a long time. So Lane Thomas back in the lineup a little bit. So I think that he can give a nice day off to Bader and Carlson when needed. Uh, O'Neill as well. Cause Fowler really is playing the best of the three outfield positions right now. Um, you know, pr- producing the most and uh, playing, playing the best, plain and simple. So, I think that Lane Thomas is a nice addition as well. So Cardinals win. They, they move up to 13 and 13. And uh, this win was large part brought to you by Dakota Hudson. Uh, Hudson is now 1 and 2 on the year. He went seven innings yesterday, seven punchouts, no walks, which that's what you love to see, no walks, uh, four hits, two runs, one of them earned. He threw 95 pitches, so he got extended out a little bit. Well, another thing that I love to see from Hudson beyond the no walks and seven strikeouts. Twelve ground ball outs. Dakota Hudson with that sinker ball—that's what he does when he's at his best. Um, You know, he 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 gets ground balls, he gets outs quickly, and he when he's able to stay in the game longer than four or five innings, he's he tends to be really good. So, um, you know, you, you like what you saw yesterday from Hudson. I think that you know a lot of guys are giving up on him, but. He's only 25 years old, too. I know he's been here for three years. Uh, he was a, a, a bullpen guy in 18, started last year, and now you know a starter again this year. But he's only 25 years old, so he's got some time to figure it out. His ERA is down to 2.77 this year. Um, so, I mean, you really like what, what, what you see from him. His, his whip is under 1, which is always a good number, 0.92 for him. Just 17 hits and in 26 innings um uh, so dakota hudson really showing his best stuff yesterday cardinals were able to get disclefani out before the fourth i don't know why he was in for so long i'm sure jeff carve locked on reds will have something to say about that because he tweeted about it last night um uh, but beyond hudson for the cardinals gomber pitch well i don't really know why they took him out in the ninth inning uh they brought in jake woodford who had his first real bad outing of the year uh well he gave up a home home run against cleveland on saturday but uh So two bad, two decent, not-so-good starts for Woodford. But then Gallegos comes in and gets two punch-outs. I'll tell you what, guys, Gallegos, if he returns to form and is able to be consistent with what he did last year, this dude could be locked down, shut down, in-your-face kind of good. He got a wicked slider, eight innings, yet to give up an earned run, ten punch-outs, two saves on the year. I love what Gallegos brings to the table, so, you know, that's what you like to see. Turns out tonight's game, you got Kim on the mound going up against Sonny Gray. Um Sonny Gray five and one one point nine four ERA's, Uh Kung won Kim one oh one point oh eight ERA. So I think that you know this will be a good pitching matchup. Uh, I don't know these two I don't know. I can't remember if they faced or not last time out, but they did they both have pitched against the other team before. Um uh, Kim went six innings, three hits, three strikeouts in a shutout game on the twenty second against the Reds, and uh Gray went six innings. Um, they were not in the same day. Six innings, four hits, two earned, four walks, six punch-outs against the Cardinals on the 20th. So I like the Cardinals' chances. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Jeff Carr and I will re- be recording a uh, crossover show tonight for tomorrow's episode, so be sure to tune in to that. And again, follow the Instagram page at LO underscore Cardinals. Uh, I'll be posting on that more and more starting on Thursday once I get some graphics and things figured out, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Follow me at LJ Fastball. Follow the show at LO underscore Cardinals. And one more little plug for you guys, because you know, looking forward to listening on Thursday. Uh, it'll be the Cardinals' 29th game, but just because it's an, it's an off day, I'm going to use that as the midseason awards show. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to share out some links to, for you guys to vote, and I'll give my say on who gets the Cardinals' midseason award. so be sure to look at that for Thursday's show. I'm sure you guys are chopping at the bit now for R.M. Leighton's uh, conversation with me about Cardinal prospects, so that will come up in just a moment. When you need a red wine at 4 p.m., or if you need a Diet Coke because like you're, you're under 21 like me, sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmates it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver it. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, groceries, and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free and browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 off free delivery credit for your next seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app. Use the code Locked On. Again, that's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anything, anytime you need it, you can Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code Locked On. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your businesses did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help with that process. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you, the best people, fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. So right now, if you're looking for somebody hired, go to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September the 30th. Joined once again by Arm Leighton of Locked On MLB Prospects to talk about some Cardinal prospects who are performing well and some not so well in the major leagues. Arm, how are you doing today?
1: doing good. We're just uh, recovering from that wild trade deadline and a lot to cover with that across the league. But I'm excited to talk about the Cardinals because it seems like they're finally starting to come together.
0: Yeah, well, the Cardinals had a, not not relatively quiet, they had a stone cold quiet trade deadline. So uh, no, no excitement for me on that end, but... Uh, let's get right into it. Cardinals have had some prospects called up the uh, last couple of weeks, and two that I want to talk about today are Carlson and Oviedo. We talked about Carlson last time you were on, and you mentioned how he made adjustments um, You know, from the start of his minor league career where he struck out a lot. It seems like he's getting back into that habit now. At one point, he struck out um, you know, 35 times in his first uh, handful of at-bats. So, what if, I don't know how much have you watched, but what have you seen in the minor leagues that give you confidence that this is not going to be a long-term for Carlson
1: yeah you know well the first thing I'll say is is that with prospects you know we we get so excited about them because you're waiting and you're waiting and these debuts are so highly anticipated there's nothing quite like baseball where you're just wait you you draft a guy then you don't really hear from him unless you really follow the minor leagues for several years and then it's this guy you got to get excited about all over again and as fans typically I think we want instant gratification but if you look historically A lot of top prospects struggle early on. I know people use Aaron Judge as a classic example because of how bad he was when he first came up. And then, you know, he comes back around and has that incredible rookie season. I will say with Carlson, he's a switch hitter. So he has that working in his favor where, you know, I don't think he has to deal with, of course, like lefty-lefty matchups that are really eating him up. The real struggle for him, I think, has been the big league changeup because when he bats from the left side – he's he's mostly i think almost 80% of his at bats have been from the right uh, from the left side excuse me and he's been getting a steady diet of changeups he's been okay on the fastballs i think that hasn't been as much of an issue for him but he has not been able to pick up the changeup as well i think he really only has one or two hits on, against off speed all season and that's just a learning curve I, I wouldn't be too worried about it the caliber of a changeup in the major leagues versus the minor leagues is is massive and for left-handed hitters, typically that can be something that they struggle with going into the next level. And especially when you can pitch to a guy like Carlson, where if you're behind, the best way to erase a hitter's count is to throw a changeup. And unfortunately, it seems like Carlson's run into a good amount of guys that have good changeups. I think he will be okay. It's just a little bit of pitch recognition, a little bit of adjusting. And overall, it's, it's still just such a sample, small sample size. He's a baby. He's only gotten, what, 73 plate appearances. I think he'll put it together. The growing pains are tough, especially when you're trying to, you know, make the postseason and try to make a run. So, you know, maybe you got to look at other options at some point. But overall, he's when he's putting swings on the ball, he's barreling them up pretty well. It's just making sure that he can pick up these off-speed pitches as well as he did in the minor leagues because he was able to really improve upon that.
0: Yeah, it seems like almost a sign of, of pretty good respect that he's getting all these breaking balls and things like that. And, you know, Mosellock and, and Schilt were pretty honest with everybody. Like, we're not going to call him up unless he plays every day. And to their credit, that's exactly what he's doing. He's playing every day despite the struggles. Um, So and he's been unlucky a lot of times, too, so, so that'll happen. So, I mean, you know, like you said, small sample size. We'll see how it goes. Um, But one rookie that has impressed me that I didn't really expect to be impressed by was has been Johan Oviedo. Um. He's got some elite stuff. You know, we we talked a little bit uh, messaging last week when he made his debut. You mentioned that he might be back at the bullpen guy eventually, but he gets to start tomorrow. And what have you seen from him in his minor league career and his adjustment to the big leagues as to why he's been so effective?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got really good stuff. I don't think anybody is surprised by that. Uh, When you look at him, he's six foot six. He's a big burly dude that throws hard and and has a nasty slider. The, The issue is the classic, blessing and a curse that is a tall pitcher, right? Because when you're tall, you get good angle. You usually throw hard and you get a good angle on the breaking ball, but also tall pitchers have a really tough time repeating their mechanics. Some guys figure it out. Some don't. An example is one of the put pitchers we see on the Cardinals right now. I think he's on the IL, but Andrew Miller, he was a really late bloomer. He struggled mightily with the Marlins. Then he goes over to Boston, only works out of the stretch, and he's able to repeat his mechanics more. He ends up being a bullpen guy, and that's what happens more frequently than not. I'm not going to relegate Oviedo to the bullpen yet because he has looked good so far. It's just can he find a way to repeat those mechanics and be able to throw more strikes because walks have really just been an issue for him his entire minor league career, but the strikeouts have always been there as well. So it's really one of those questions where you're going to try him as a starter because of the stuff that he has and the potential that he has I think he if he can put it together you have a diamond in the rough here but the the great thing about Oviedo is even if he does not really figure it out command wise and doesn't quite throw as many strikes as you'd like out of a starter he has all of the makings to be a very very good high leverage back into the bullpen guy you figure he sits 95 to 97 right now as a starter you put him in the bullpen He's going to be touching upper 90s triple digits with that slider and his build and the command. There's not as much of a pressure to throw strikes. Of course, he's still got to throw strikes, but not quite to the degree of a starter. He could be really good there, but I'm excited to see what he can do as a starter. He's only 22 years old. He has looked good in the 10 innings so far. And you know, the four walks is still a little bit too much with small sample size. It's better than I thought it would be, to be honest. I'm very eager to see because right now it big league hitters looked uncomfortable against him. That's what I'll say. And, I, I, I want to see what he can do because he deserves a shot. He's earned it. And if he can throw strikes, everything else, he, he's blessed with his tools. It's really about repeating the mechanics. And if he can do that, the Cardinals may have a pretty good piece here.
0: Yeah, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. Like I said, he wasn't really on the top of my radar in terms of who's coming up soon. And when you look at Cardinals prospects, generally speaking, it seems a lot of their top-line prospects that like we talked about last time in terms of you know guys like a Nolan Gorman or Matthew Libertor, those guys might be two to three years away. But we've seen guys come up recently that you know might have been top 30 prospects in their system, but not nationally recognized prospects. Guys like Jake Woodford has come up and pitched really well. Seth Ellich has come up and pitched really well. They, they just seem to have a really good depth in their, in their pitching, which has kind of helped them navigate this, um, this stretch of a lot of games in a short amount of time. You know, I've been really impressed with Jake Woodford, but what have you seen from, from the pitching depth um, of the, of the uh, Cardinals in terms of their prospects?
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it, this is the one year where having those upper-level minor league guys that you know, may not wow you with what they can do, but they can eat innings and they can fill in. That that's huge in a season like this, and and it's always very beneficial to have that. But with with Woodford, he's kind of a similar situation. Not quite as good of stuff as Oviedo, but the command has kind of held him back, and he's been a little bit susceptible to the long ball because he falls behind in counts. Doesn't quite have that off speed pitch to bail him out, or quite have the confidence with the off speed pitch to bail him out of of hitters counts. And when he finds himself behind, that's where he's struggled so far. He has done a better job in his 10 innings of not falling behind hitters. And that's really been the key for him. He hasn't even walked anybody so far. And that's really the name of the game. But especially when you're a young prospect and you're trying to battle against these big league hitters, you really got to get ahead. And when you don't have bailout stuff like Oviedo has, it's even more important. And Woodford's strikeout numbers have never quite been there to the degree of Oviedo. So he, he really needs to pound the strike zone. And 22 home runs, you know, last year and 26 starts. Yeah, it was in A, and the ball flies out of there. But that's the same thing in the major leagues. You're dealing with those major league baseballs and it's going to fly. So that's something that he really has to f- focus on. But overall, and he's looked really good. He's got the sub one whip, no walks, and really he's just pitched a contact and, and trusted that he can just get outs, which is going to be the best way that Woodford can be successful. And he could be a, a good swingman for the Cardinals moving forward of, Spot starter, long relief, and those are the type of guys, like I said, in this season that can be very, very beneficial,
0: yeah, we've already seen him throw that role a couple of times in double headers, so you know that's already been beneficial. Two quick questions before let let you go to the arm you know you mentioned the trade deadline a little bit earlier has come and gone. a lot of those trades kind of have to deal with what prospects you're getting in return. We saw that with Mike Clevenger do a lot of prospects going both ways. Why do you think, just real quick, why do you think the Cardinals sat still on their prospects and didn't give up anything for a short-term solution in 2020?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And I think the the reason being is that you mentioned some of the top-end guys. Those those are part of the future, right? I mean, for the Cardinals' third base, Nolan Gorman, I think the Cardinals will tell you that they fully plan on him being the third baseman of the future. Carlson's already there. I thought the liberator trade was great because you just saw Martinez ended up just getting flipped for much less by Tampa. And it was pretty smart there by the Cardinals to cash in and get Libertor before. But then you look outside of, outside of those guys, it's either guys that were just drafted or fringe type of prospects that could be good but don't quite have that shine to them yet. So you're really looking at either selling low on some guys that the Cardinals might be higher on. You don't want to trade some guys you just drafted. And then when it comes to Gorman and Liberatore and Carlson, you figure those guys are untouchable. They were kind of in a weird in-between spot where they couldn't really, they didn't really have any extra guys that you could say, okay, he's expendable. Even Ivan Herrera, Yadi Molina, he, he might be done after this year, right? So I, I think after that, you, you got to be looking at Ivan Herrera as the, as the starter of the future behind the dish. So there, it just seems like right now the Cardinals have a good ML, uh, MLB team, of course, but with, the state of the roster with some of the older guys and with the way the farm system is set up, I'd say it's middle of the pack. You don't really want to deplete that in this kind of in-between spot where the Cardinals are because you want to have some young talent coming up to complement the veterans. So you're you're not always just trying to build through free agency. And I think the Cardinals were smart to stay put here in this weird type of trade deadline where it seemed like it was really a seller's market when it came to pitching for obvious reasons. And the Cardinals have – these guys that we just talked about that can probably fill the role that they would have went out and acquired and had to give up something for. So I, I think it was a good move for the Cardinals to stand pat and it makes sense. And in the offseason, if they want to address something, they can do that, but there was no reason to force the issue this year. They have more than enough talent to get it done.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it was kind of disappointing for some Cardinal fans to, to not, uh, not have anybody new, but they're, they're, they have a good history of building for the future. So one last question Arnold. You host the show, Locked On MLB Prospects. Got any good guests coming up in the next couple of weeks you want to let my listeners know about?
1: Well, I just had Bryce Jarvis, 18th overall pick for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was a really, really interesting kid and has some like just crazy story about how he skipped the Cape Cod League Went to driveline instead and turned his arsenal into one of the best in all of college baseball through a perfect game. It goes on and on. That was a really good interview. That's out now. Have a few in the works right now. Beck Way, fourth-round pick from the New York Yankees this year. He's another really cool story from a D2 school. Goes to the Cape League, dominates, and he will be a really interesting interview. So take a look out for that. Also, Colton Welker of the Colorado Rockies. He's a shortstop, third baseman. He's also going to be a really fun interview as well. Plenty more on the way too. So I definitely take a look out for that. And hopefully I'll have some Cardinals on in the near future as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, no matter what, I always appreciate having you on. So that's all I got. So again, I'm joined by Aram Layton at layton 8 on Twitter, host of Locked on MLB Prospects at LO underscore MLB Prospects and the Locked on Marlins who made some fun trades. So be sure to head over to his Twitter page and podcast and give him a listen. He he does a great job. So Aram, thanks for joining me today. As always, thank you very much. No problem. That was Aram Layton. I'm Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter. Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. And as always, stay safe, stay well. Have a great day. (sighs)